0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. New Year, New Me. I'm kidding, I would never fucking say that ever, but I will say New Decade, New Me. No, no, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't say that either, because that's fucking stupid and no one says shit like that. Anyway, I'm your host, Nick. And welcome. That's a fun welcome to the show, huh? Just just a hard F-bomb right, right there in the first uh, 30 seconds of the show. Multiple, I might add. You know? But anyway, we're all having fun here. We're all having fun. It's 2020, y'all. No, no messing around. This is Nick's nerd news, yo. This ain't some weak ass punk ass bitch shit on on. I'm kidding. I'm 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 just uh uh posturing, if you will. No, I'm having a lot of fun. Hopefully, all y'all are having a great start to the new year and the new decade. I know I am. I know I am. Hey. And uh, we're recording a day later, uh, just because I wanted to get the Golden Globes in, just so we could talk about it. And that's essentially it. Uh, I'm recording without really talking about anything else, just because I wanted to get as much info as possible. Anyway, anyway, let's get right into it, shall we, with what's going on in the video game world. We had a potential leak of the next-gen stats, and they're a bit staggering here, um, and a bit of a disparity. They're, they're not 100% confirmed. Uh, CES is this week, so maybe we'll get some confirmation then, uh, but uh, this is a leak that Eurogamer posted about. Uh, it's allegedly unconfirmed, like I said, uh, it has 8 Zen 2 cores with SMT clocks undisclosed. I, I don't know totally what this means. This is PS5, by the way. 36 custom Navi compute units at 2,000 megahertz, And a memory is a GDDR6 at 448 gigabytes, possibly 512, capacity undisclosed. Now, let's put that in comparison to the PS4 Pro and the PlayStation 4. Uh, PS4 Pro CPU was 8 Jaguar cores clocked at 2.1 GHz, so that's, I don't know what that is compared to the 8 Zen 2 cores, and a standard PS4 was 1.6 GHz, and that was 8 cores as well. Uh, GPU, meanwhile, uh, the PlayStation 4 Pro had 36 custom GCN compute units at 911 MHz. So that's a major boost from 911 to 2000 if this is confirmed. That means it it can uh, work a lot harder, essentially, from my understanding, basic understanding. Don't quote me on that. Uh, Standard PS4 had 18 compute units at 800 megahertz. Memory, meanwhile, uh, the PlayStation 4 Pro was 8 gigs of RAM, GDDR5 at 212 gigabytes. And the PS4 had 8 gigs of RAM GDDR5 at 176 gigabytes a second. Uh, sorry, and that's per second. Whereas, like I said, the, the unconfirmed for PS5 is potentially GDDR6 at 448 gigs a second, possibly 512. Meanwhile, um, this is unconfirmed for the Xbox as well. This is a little more shaky. Uh, it says uh, Xbox Series X, 8 Zen 2 cores with SMT, same as the PS5. This is where it differs though. Uh, 56 custom compute units at approximately 1700 megahertz, so smaller megahertz, more compute units, so it's uh, able to process things uh, more things at a time. Uh, and memory, GDDR6 at 560 gigabytes a second. Meanwhile, uh, let's compare that to the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S. Uh, the Xbox One X was 8 Jaguar co- cores clocked at 2.3 gigahertz, um, so a little bit higher than a pro- PS4 Pro. Meanwhile, the standard Xbox One, Xbox One S was Jaguar- 8 Jaguar cores clocked at 1.75 gigahertz. Uh, then let's look at the c- uh, compute units. The Xbox One X had 40 custom GCN compute units at 1172 megahertz. Meanwhile, the Xbox One had 12 GCN compute units at 853. So big jumps, uh, and you can see where the original Xbox One was a little less powerful. Um, Memory-wise, Xbox One X was 12 gigs of RAM at GDDR5 at 326 gigabytes a second. Uh, Standard Xbox One, Xbox One S was 8 gigabytes DDR3 at 68 gigabytes a second plus plus. ES RAM. So it's a, uh, again, I don't know totally um, what this means, but this is per Eurogamer as well. It says uh, PlayStation 5 spec outline and leak points toward a device with more of a balance between price and performance, assuming we're looking at a not implausible 16 gigs of GDDR6 and 1 terabyte SSD. Remember, this doesn't include the potential SSD that might be in here uh, in either unit because those are proprietary. Uh, this is still an expensive-looking device, but stacked up against the monstrous Series X, it obviously stands more of a chance of hitting the Magic 399 launch price point that served PS4 and PS4 Pro so well. On the face of it, Microsoft has the more powerful machine, but some might say that in the console space, the price point is a, of paramount importance. So this is hinting at maybe a possible uh, 500 or more machine for the Xbox, ones, or Xbox Series X, Uh, The thing I did leave out here uh, is the potential teraflop uh, running. Um, So, uh, RAM could be faster than the PS5, even though it doesn't look that way. Uh, GPU, a little more powerful. Uh, Allegedly, for the Xbox, it's going to be 12 teraflops, which is uh, the speed and power at which it runs. Whereas, a 9.2 on the PS5. Um, Teraflops have... Recently, come into the gaming space uh, when Microsoft started throwing around that number on the Xbox One X, doing six teraflops, and I still don't totally understand that whole concept. So again, I'm I'm not one to look to for advice on all that stuff, but I mean, you'd you'd kind of have to look at, um, I guess. Not me, but Eurogamer does a good thing. Digital Foundry at Eurogamer does a, a good thing as well. Unfortunately, you're not going to get all the information from me, just because I don't totally understand it, and I just wanted to bring it to you guys if if you wanted to know at least the idea of what these specs might potentially be. Again, these are not confirmed, and I'm sure we'll know more as the months roll on here in 2020. Uh, Modern Warfare is continuing to dominate the gameplay charts. Uh, True Achievements, which kind of tracks gameplay on, on. I don't remember if they do it for, uh, if they do it for X uh, PlayStation, I know they do it for Xbox, um, they kind of keep an, a running tally of, of what games are being played the most, and uh, I follow that a lot, and Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare has been dominating those charts for a couple weeks now, uh, so... No surprise there, though, because I mean, in reality, people love it. So, makes sense. (laughs) Also, for you fans of Dragon Quest out there, the creator of the Dragon Quest series has confirmed that Dragon Quest 12 is in active development and will be coming out sometime in the next year or two, as it's already been in development. So, it's a good sign. Especially for people of those uh, fans of that series. I know there's a lot of you. Uh, Fun fact, the, the man who did the artwork for Dragon Quest also did the artwork for Dragon Ball Z. And that's probably why it looks very familiar to you if you've ever seen it. So, it's because they share the same artist. Fun fact. Also, if you are excited for the Final Fantasy VII remake, which does come out later this year... It looks like a demo might be coming, uh, the demo leaked actually, uh, hinting at some gameplay details and, and some other things and character designs and enemy designs and things like this, um, again though it, it it is quickly been scrubbed from the internet, no, no trace of it almost, uh, except for a few stories left here and there, um, but that game comes out in March, so just be prepared. Um, Big news out of EA and Respawn Entertainment, Vince Zampella, who is one of the founders of Respawn Entertainment, former head of Infinity Ward, uh, recently announced that he is going to be taking over DICE LA. Uh, DICE LA usually has been a sort of a backup studio for DICE, whose headquarters is in Sweden. DICE is known for the more recent Battlefield games, and then Battlefront 1 and 2. And of course, Vince Zampella is known for both Titan Falls, Apex Legends, and uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, looks like he is going to be taking over the studio. They said that they're working on an unannounced, previously unannounced game, I should say, because now it's announced, now that now that he said it. And also... Um, They are probably going to be changing the name from DICE LA. So that's going to be something different. So it's no longer going to be a support studio. Uh, Looks like it's going to be more of a full hands-on studio making actual games. I fully believe in this studio. As I I said before, Vince Zampella now has an amazing track record with the games he has uh, put out recently. uh, As they've all been kind of hailed and things like this. Um, I really enjoyed the Titanfall games. Uh, Titanfall 2 had one of the best campaigns in a, a, sh- a modern shooter in in quite a long time. And, of course, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is one of my favorite games last year. Um, I'm pretty sure I made it the number one now that I'm, I'm thinking about it. It was only a week ago, was it not? Yeah, it was my number one game last year. So, in good hands. And I think that studio will flourish with Vince. Uh, looks like he's, he's not totally stepping away from Respawn. Uh, just kind of like... Being the man in charge, he's stepping away from day-to-day activities as he now begins to focus on what DICE LA will become. Uh, if you're big Valve fans, they recently put out some kind of video or something showing off a, a potential Portal uh, prequel that they were making that ultimately got cancelled. Uh, Valve has a tenuous history with game making, as we all know that Half-Life 3 has been uh, rumored to be in development for... Over a decade at this point, and while we are getting a new Half-Life game, it's not Half-Life Three, but a potential Portal prequel was in the works that ultimately get it uh, got canceled. Uh, never been a big fan of the Fallout or Fallout the Portal games. I've tried playing both; they always just make me sick. Uh, I, I get very nauseous playing those games. I'm not sure why, but. uh, Based off the concept art, it looked interesting, though. I'll I'll say that. I'm not going to knock it. There's always been cool art in those games. But that was a thing. Uh, If you guys are big fans of Game Pass on Xbox, well, you have a new game to look forward to. Grand Theft Auto V, one of the biggest games of the decade, is now available to stream on Xbox Game Pass. How about that, huh? Xbox Game Pass getting Grand Theft Auto V. Who would have ever thought I definitely would never have thought this was going to happen. I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have expected it to happen. But if you have Game Pass, it's available there. If you don't have Game Pass, it's a reason to sign up. I think they're still doing their deal where like... First month for three months for a dollar or something crazy like that. Uh, so that's something something to really consider... If you haven't jumped into Grand Theft Auto Five in a long time. Or maybe a reason to get Game Pass if you didn't feel like... Uh, paying for a lot of these games don't forget it does come with all xbox exclusives day one launch so there and and granted you have access to hundreds of other games and pc games as well it's not just xbox so them adding gta 5 is is just a plus Uh, also the design director at treyarch has stated he hates He hates, and I I underscore this, hates jetpacks and they will not be in whatever the next Call of Duty game is from them. So it looks like whatever 2020's Call of Duty will be, it might not be modern, and it might not be futuristic, and it will probably be set uh, in the past of some some time frame, but who knows. Uh, Also, that's pretty much it for gaming this week. Uh, again, we're we're all coming back from everything we, as, like I'm in the industry. Uh, they, they're coming back from their break and everything like that. But before we move on to the next topic, I did want to talk about games I am totally hyped for this year. And at the top of that list, no surprise, if you guys have listened to me. Uh, Halo Infinite, uh, day one launch game for the Xbox Series X. I am a Halo fan through and through. It's probably... As I've stated numerous times before, it's probably the one fandom I'm into uh, just below Star Wars when it comes to depth of knowledge and going down the rabbit hole and things like this. And uh, when it comes to how I show my fandom, Halo is, is a definite definite number two. Uh, of course, that's why Halo Infinite's my number one. Uh, Doom Eternal I'm really stoked for, even though that was supposed to be last year. That comes out in a couple months. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 for sure. That game looks fucking amazing. Keanu Reeves is in it as well. Uh, Watchdogs Legion, the third in the in the in the series. I've loved the first two games. Uh, Watchdogs Legion looks like a welcome addition. Motors Forza Motor Forza Motorsport Eight is more than likely coming out and will be a launch title on the Xbox Series X. So that that's definitely something I'm I'm definitely looking forward to. Marvel's Avengers is something that's. More like an honorable mention for me. Uh, it's been growing on me since it was first announced. I hope they show off more gameplay that looks a little more enticing than what they have shown. Uh, I was not sold it on a, on it originally. Then they showed off more Kamala Khan stuff and it looked a whole lot better. And of course I'm sure there's going to be a lot of games that haven't been announced yet. That I'm totally going to be wanting to get. But as it stands, those are those are on the top of my list right now. Uh, Let's move on to TV, and got some weird Mandalorian news, and it's from Funko, of all places. They released images of their upcoming Mandalorian-focused Funko Pops, and one of them is of a female Mandalorian character, which is leading to massive speculation. Is this the character that was teased at the end of episode uh, 5? on on Tatooine Uh, is this a character for season two is this a character that was in the background that we didn't notice before but a lot of major things going on here and a character that we don't know who it is showing up so speculation abound as uh, season two is currently being produced and sticking with Disney Plus there for a second uh, Bob Iger, CEO, CEO of Disney, was being interviewed by uh, the Star Wars show, which is like a YouTube show. Uh, said that uh, there's fluidity between TVs and movies and could allow for crossovers. Uh, he said, I don't look at it as just television. I look at it as an extension of Star Wars storytelling. What Disney has given us the ability to do is do just to do just that. Is to bring Star Wars to people in new ways and to bring new Star Wars to people. It's not the same places or the same characters. Just look at The Mandalorian. While obviously there's a lot shared, there's a lot that's really fresh, and I love that. I love the ability to really be agnostic in terms of what platform it's being made for. And so it could be, down the road, that a TV show becomes a movie, and a movie becomes a TV series. I'm not making any announcements here or not, but I think it's important for us to be agnostic. And I, I really dig that. I mean that that ties into with what uh, Marvel's doing on Disney Plus with with their series and, and tying into the MCU at large and uh, and and Kevin Feige pretty much saying that while the characters will show up first on Disney Plus, that doesn't mean they will be excluded from any potential future MCU movies. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, the Witcher premiered. Uh, Just a few short weeks ago on Netflix. And it has quickly become the most in-demand streaming show on whatever lists there are that, that track that stuff. And it seems like it even beat out The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. So, despite having mixed critical reviews, The Witcher is in very high demand from its fans. Very high demand. I saw a new trailer for Amazon's new show, Hunters. I saw this during the Golden Globes. It's a new show starring Al Pacino. And uh, they're Nazi hunters, based on a true story. Looks really fucking cool. I'm stoked. I'm definitely going to check this out and add it just to my list of so many other things I need to watch. Uh, But no, it looks looks really interesting. Um, I'm stoked to watch it. Um... And then going back to Disney Plus a second here. WandaVision has been moved up uh, to 2020. Originally expected in 2021. It is now uh, purportedly coming this year at some point. Uh, this was based off of a new uh, trailer for Disney Plus showing what's coming in 2020. So that that uh, that's really cool. But let's go to the big uh, Golden Globes here. Um... A lot of big wins there, but not so much a lot of stuff from what I would normally talk about. Uh, biggest thing, though, is Succession one for drama. And uh, I can't think of his name. Brian Cox won for Best Actor or um, Supporting Actor in a TV Drama for Succession. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite shows this year. And that, uh, yes, I know it wasn't in my top ten, but that's because it was a continuing show. Um, and and, and it, it's proof that it's such an amazing show that it, it did beat out some other HBO shows and things like that for test, for best television drama series. Um, but the thing I loved about the Golden Globes is Ricky Gervais just did not give a fuck when he was hosting. Calling out Apple, making Epstein jokes, uh, just shitting on on political commentary at, at award shows like most of you have never been in school for longer, Greta Thunberg was in school for longer, like, it was fucking hilarious, hilarious. And surprisingly, there weren't a whole lot of political speeches, uh, except from Patricia Arquette, who always seems to to do that. Uh, a lot of people, though, bringing out, of course, awareness to the fires in Australia, which are undoubtedly getting out of hand, and, and I know there's a lot of places online where you can definitely go online and donate uh, to, uh, Australia and and different things, so I, I would, I urge you to do that, or if you have a chance to, to donate, I know know Twitch, Twitch streamers raised a couple hundred grand and things like this, it's, it's definitely a, a, a good cause, um, but, uh, yeah, no, that was, uh, at least that's what I would say was going on with the Golden Globes, pretty, pretty good, um, And then, uh, just like I did with video games, talk about some shows I'm excited for in 2020. Uh, Picard, definitely at the top. Uh, Gonna sign up for CBS All Access to to be able to watch that. Avenue 5, the new comedy on HBO, looks hilarious uh, with Hugh Laurie, where it's a a space cruise. Uh, The Magicians, I know it's a returning show, but it's gonna be a lot different without the main character, Quentin Coldwater, in the show. Uh, if you guys have not watched The Magicians before, do not sleep on it. It is an amazing show. It's on Sci-Fi. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, like I said, is expected this year. Uh, that, that there's a lot of good camaraderie and good chemistry between uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then, um, of course, uh, Solar Opposites looks like a real fun new cartoon, which is a new show from Justin Roiland, who is. Obviously, the creator of Rick and Morty, or co-creator of Rick and Morty. uh, And hopefully, we don't have to wait too long for part two of season four of Rick and Morty, as uh, that should be expected sometime this year as well. And with that, we move on to movies. Uh, Like I said, the Golden Globes were last night. Um, Big shocker, Joker wins Best Actor. Joaquin Phoenix wins for Best Actor in a drama for Joker. That is huge Very big. The Golden Globes are a good indication of what could potentially win the Oscar. Um, Another big thing. uh, 1917 wins for Best Director and for Best Drama. Sam Mendes won for Best Director. Also, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wins Best Comedy. No surprise there. Brad Pitt wins for Best Supporting Actor in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. Very, very happy for that. I did kind of predict that. Uh, We'll see how it plays out in Oscars, though. Uh, We still don't have the nominations yet, though. Uh, And remember, Golden Globes is done by the Hollywood Foreign Press. They're the ones who pick the winners, essentially. Uh, So it's, it's members of the press from outside of the U.S. who vote on this. And then what I thought was the biggest surprise of the night... Disney did not win Best Animation, despite having like four films in the running... What won, actually, was Missing Link, the movie starring Zach Galifianakis as Sasquatch and Hugh Jackman as an explorer. Uh, I've yet to watch it. I know it's on Hulu. But if it won Best Animation, then it's definitely something to check out. Definitely something to check out. Um, But yeah, that was the Golden Globes. That was the Golden Globes. Uh, Kevin Feige was being interviewed. And said that new characters will definitely premiere in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Which kind of plays into me talking about how they should definitely add Deadpool that way. No word on if that will actually happen. They're definitely not going to listen to someone like me. But it will be interesting to see who actually does eventually get introduced in that film. Uh, I know that's expected next year sometime. Uh, what is this? I guess Jared Leto is not going to be part of Harley Quinn in any capacity. No surprise there. Not even a cameo. And that's directly from Margot Robbie's mouth. So don't expect to see him in Birds of Prey uh, or anything, really, as the Joker moving forward. I'm kind of okay with that. Uh, Studio Ghibli has confirmed they're working on two films this year. No word on if they'll be released this year. Um, I don't know if they're still partnered with Disney, so be, that will be interesting to see. Uh, Disney, of course, being the distributor on all their past films. James Gunn was being interviewed and was being quite frank. Actually, excuse me, it was not being interviewed. This was on an Instagram story that has now been deleted. But it looks like DC pretty much gave him the uh, the, the, the ability to make whatever movie he wanted. And he passed on Superman. And chose Suicide Squad because it's his favorite property in the DC verse. And honestly, he's probably more suited to direct a Suicide Squad movie more than a Superman movie. And that's not a knock on him. I just he knows how to make a team-up movie, based off what he's done with Guardians. And kind of building off that, David Ayer was actually being interviewed, and has revealed uh, he was. Why do I keep thinking these interviews? This was on Twitter. Uh, he said it was supposed to be a... Uh, he was talking about the ending of the film, especially with Cara Delvine's Enchantress and what she was building. Was supposed to be a boom tube, as was under the control of a mother box. This is per David Ayer himself. Uh, all apoco- apocalypse elements were stripped out late in the game. The machine concept was an attempt to create a ticking clock and a world threat. And oh my fucking god, that would have made so much more sense. I guess Steppenwolf... Uh, was supposed to be the villain in Suicide Squad, and they changed it at the at the end. Uh, it says this is right. Enchantress was under the control of a mother box, and Steppenwolf was prepping an invasion with a boom tube. Had to lose that. Then the JL story arcs evolved. This is all per David Ayer. That's really dumb. That pisses me off, and that makes me believe that the oh god, corporate meddling getting in the way of great movies. And that sucks, because Suicide Squad had so much potential, and I've soured on the movie, though, in time, actually. I don't like it as much as I did when I first saw it. That uh, it just sucks, man. That just sucks. Uh, Tarantino says that a four-hour cut of Once Upon a Tom- Time in Hollywood exists, and might potentially release it a year from now. Uh, uh, give it to me right now, please. <laughs> uh, he's known for releasing longer cuts of his... F- Uh, His films after the fact. I mean look at what he did with. uh, The Hateful Eight. And that extended cut is on Netflix. So Um, I'd fully welcome an even longer version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Give it to me now. (laughs) Um, uh, New Word on New Mutants. The Josh Boone directed X-Men adjacent film. That uh, has been delayed for the last two years. Uh, That is of course... Uh, now being released, now that Disney fully owns the assets from 20th Century Fox. And the rumor is that it's going to be the original cut that he made, possibly missing the major rumored reshoots, Uh, and uh, they're expecting a trailer to drop in the next couple days. So we'll see uh, how that turns out. Again, no official word on that yet, just uh, we're expecting a trailer as has as been rumored for the last couple weeks. But what will be interesting to see is if it ties into the old X-Men franchise under 20th Century Fox, or if they maybe did reshoot something to maybe potentially tie it into the MCU. Uh, who knows? Uh, Taika was being very candid uh, in an interview. People were talking to him about Jojo Rabbit, and uh, it was at a... Pre-Golden Globes party, actually. And somebody asked him about Thor, Love, and Thunder. And he just casually threw out, "Ah, probably in August. (laughs) So, uh, don't consider that a firm date. Just consider that a a possible start date for Thor, Love, and Thunder. And then, uh, this is actually brand new tonight. uh, Or last night, excuse me, like around the Golden Globes. But a Knives Out sequel is potentially in the works. Uh, Daniel Craig is... Interested in returning, but it could be a focus on Daniel Craig's character. As you guys know, Knives Out was one of my favorite movies last year. Actually was my favorite movie last year. And Daniel Craig's character was probably the highlight of the film. And if they make another one focusing on his character, I, I, I'll I be first in line to fucking see it. Uh, it says Ryan Johnson is working on the sequel. Uh, he also said, uh, one of the producers said, Daniel had so much fun doing it and he wants to do more totally gonna uh, uh, see that. Um, I mean, the movie was made with a $40 million budget and crossed over $235 million at the box office, so of course they'll want a sequel because people loved it and enjoyed it. Hopefully, Ryan Johnson will fit this in in between his potential Star Wars trilogy uh, that is supposedly still coming out. I will definitely take another Knives Out movie with more Daniel Craig. And uh, sad news for those hoping for the Uncharted movie to come out anytime soon, but it has lost its director once again. And again, this is on Sony. They essentially have to do crunch time on the Uncharted film, because Tom Holland is in it. And his Spider-Man requirements would cause, uh, like I said, crunch. They'd have to get the film done very quickly. And the director was not on board with that. So... uh, I don't know about you guys, but maybe it's a sign that maybe they shouldn't make a fucking Uncharted movie about a young Nathan Drake. And maybe they should just do it as him as an adult. And maybe bring Mark Wahlberg back. I can get on board with that or someone else. But hey, maybe it's time to move on from the young Nathan Drake idea. Huh? Because clearly six fucking directors quitting is clearly an indication that something is potentially wrong here. Ah, people... People, people, people. Let's move on here, folks. Let's move on. Jesus. Uh, Anyway, some more Star Wars stuff. Uh, As of right now, it's nearing a billion dollars. No surprise there. Still not doing as well as The Last Jedi or Force Awakens, but that's kind of expected. It's a a third in a trilogy. They don't always go up. I mean, even the Avengers movies were starting to decrease until you had Endgame and Infinity War. But those changed the game just like the original Avengers did. Also, it turns out that I guess Palpatine returning was part of uh, Kathleen Kennedy's idea. And I guess uh, Chris Terrio, the co-writer, was being interviewed by Awards Daily and said, Kathy Kennedy and uh, SVP Michelle or Rajawan... Had a clear plan for they wanted things to end. I don't believe that. Uh, They had clear plans about certain narrative marks they wanted us to hit. They also gave us a lot of freedom with that. We knew that Rey and Ren were utterly key to this trilogy, but we also felt there was no way we were going to not find a path to redemption for Kylo Ren, the the son of Han and Leia. That's when we really started aggressively pursuing this idea that there is old evil that didn't die, the source of the evil in the galaxy is this dark spirit waiting for its revenge and it's b- biting its time. The entity known as Palpatine in this version, his body died in Return to the Jedi, is patient and has been waiting. He dug his foxhole and has been waiting for his chance to reestablish his total domination. Uh, While well, I can't speak to Kathy's overall intent, that was certainly discussed and was discussed before I ever came on. Kathy had this overall vision that we had to be telling the same story for nine episodes. Although from the sleight of hand of episodes 7 and 8, you wouldn't necessarily know immediately that we were telling the same story, she thought it would be a very strong end for the ninth movie. This fits well with J.J. because he loves magic tricks. When you rewatch the earlier films, things start to make additional sense. Ren and his devotion to the idea of his grandfather, the voice that he's always heard in his head, the certain similarities between Snoke and Palpatine, the intention was that by the time you get to 9, you realize there were real reasons this is all happening, It all shows how this story is being fought cyclically through the series. I don't know. I don't buy a lot of that completely. Chris Terrio, again, doesn't have a major track record. Um, And it was clear kind of from the beginning when they were making Force Awakens that there wasn't the most cohesive story in play. And I, I saw an interesting comment online that, like, if anyone's to blame for how Star Wars has turned out, it's the fans. Because clearly The Last Jedi was in reaction to how fans treated The Force Awakens, and The Rise of Skywalker was definitely a reaction to how fans treated The Last Jedi, which is definitely an interesting take. Um, And and what's really funny is the Metacritic on it has not changed at all. It continues to be at 50% user, uh, as numbers on both sides continue to increase. Uh, The... What's even funnier is the score on Rotten has stayed the same as well. Uh, it's very interesting to see the reaction to this film from the fans as well. Um, and, I, I don't know. I just... It's very intriguing overall. Uh, like I said, I, and you guys know I enjoy the movie. But, uh, some other things out of this. Uh, just to talk about, none of Colin Trevorrow's original script was used... I guess. I mean, he still did get writing credit, so I wonder what they, they did use. Um, but none of their screenplay was actually used. Again, according to Chris Terrio, uh, this time he was talking to The rap. he said, we are both a little superstitious about starting with material that might lead us in a direction that's different than the one we might have gone in naturally. So we didn't begin with the previous script. There may have been certain elements that we used that had been in the original script and we weren't aware of it. Um, he said, "Don't. we didn't have a bad relationship to Colin's material. We just didn't start with it. It's not a juicy story of intrigue or anything. Uh, whatever, I don't care. He also commented on Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico and why she wasn't in the movie as much. But again, I don't like Chris Terrio that much. Yeah, that's what's going on there. Also, uh, that that's it for movies though. Um, like I said, Star Wars is going to be trickling around for quite a while. But uh, just to cap off movies, I do want to talk about the movies I'm most excited for this year. Uh, of course, 1917, which does come out at the end of this week. Also, Doolittle, Birds of Prey in February, Onward from Pixar, Bad Boys for Life in a couple weeks. Uh, I am kind of stoked for Sonic the Hedgehog. I wasn't in the beginning, but as, as they've changed it and more stuff comes out, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and see what they do. No Time to Die... Huge James Bond fan, can't fucking wait for that. Uh, fast 9, you guys know I like the Fast movies. Wonder Woman 1984 looks fucking amazing and fun, can't wait for that. Free Guy, the new the new Ryan Reynolds movie looks hilarious. The new Ghostbusters movie, uh, can't wait for Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, the Kingsman, the uh, prequel to the Kingsman movies. Halloween Kills, as I did very much enjoy Halloween two years ago. Godzilla vs. Kong, it's unfortunate that that movie got pushed back towards the end of the year, uh, when we could have been watching it sooner. Uh, Dune from Denis Villanueva is expected to drop this year as well, that should be very good. And Coming to America, uh, the sequel, essentially. And of course, a lot of other films are coming out this year, but uh, those are at the top of my list. Things could change because movies get announced at all the time, or... Uh, movies that just have names and actors attached, we don't really have trailers to go off of. So that's um, that's definitely what I'm, I'm looking forward to with, of course, Wonder Woman and Birds of Prey and No Time to Die at the top of my list. That's for damn sure. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about 1917, either this week or next week, and then Bad Boys for Life in a couple weeks as well, as that's on my radar. Um, before we end the show, though, I did get... Last month's Loot Crate, so we're going to talk about that. So December's theme was chill. Uh, They said, Looter, it's cold outside, so why not kick back and chill out with some of the coolest pop culture collectibles around. This month, we're chillaxing hard with items from Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Lost in Space, and Die Hard. Uh, So the shirt was a Winter Soldier t-shirt, and it's like a younger Winter Soldier building a Captain America snowman says, uh, nothing can put the power of friendship on ice, not even cryogenic stasis. Warm up in this winter soldier tea featuring Bucky and his Captain America snowman chilling in a winter wonderland. Uh, it also came with a baby Groot Chia Pet, which is fucking great. Life's hard when you're a flora colossus about to go through a massive growth spurt, a.k.a. plant puberty. Show off your green thumb and add some guardians to your garden with our own adorable baby Groot Ch-Ch-Chia Pet. <laughs> also, Die Hard Playing Cards. And it literally starts like this, like, You gotta know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. You know, like the Kenny Rogers song. But then it says, uh, Know when to rescue your wife from German terrorists at her office Christmas party. That's how it goes, right? <laughs> uh, when life deals you Hans Gruber, throw down John McClane with these Nakatomi Plaza cards. So they're just a basic deck of playing cards, but they have the Nakatomi Plaza building theme on the back Uh, and then also a lost in space family decal set stuck in bumper to bumper traffic on the way to alpha centauri show those other stick family decals who's boss with this robinson family decal set just pop them on your own personal jupiter 2 or any other stuckable surface you please Uh, and then finally rounding out the set was a loot crate chill pin it's a cool little ice cube with some. 8-bit styled sunglasses. It says, uh, here's some advice that will take you far in life. A good roommate always refills the ice cube tray. Show others that you're both chill and cool. See sunglasses with this pin. <laughs> but, uh, that was interesting. Not, uh, they're, they're getting a little better. Loot crate's picking up again. Um, and, uh, we'll see if I stick with them in this year. And see if they make it through the year, I should say. As, uh, They are facing some issues, but we will see how everything plays out. Other than that, I'm currently working on my decade list, like I did say last week. And uh, that's uh, getting compiled on the daily. I do hope to talk about that soon. I don't want to go too far into 2020 without really getting that done. But uh, other than that, that's it for this week on Nick's Nerd News. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, As always, check out nixnerdnews.com, where you can listen to our show in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts page. And while you're there at nixnerdnews.com, check out our social media page, where you can find all of the feeds from our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or if you prefer, you can follow us directly on your preferred social media page of choice. Just search nixnerdnews, again, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook Uh, Other than that, I will catch you guys on the flip side as we get deeper and deeper into 2020. Catch you guys later.